Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? So, 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 so. It's a tradition. Here, here. Jaja, homie, my main man. Quick, before the separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then we're the pod. Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod, and I hope you all had a great Star Wars Celebration weekend. Hearing all that Star Wars news, it gets a little overwhelming at times, but uh, thankfully, Blake and I were able to cover a lot of it for you right here on Star Wars Escape Pod, so if you haven't tuned into those Celebration recaps, make sure you hit those up and uh, catch all the latest Star Wars news through that. But today, we're actually talking with Blake and Phil. That's right. Both of them are back in the escape pod to chat all about the premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi and breaking down these first two episodes of the esteemed show on Disney+. Plus. So let's get into it. There, right there, my friends, is the music of the genius, the maestro, John Williams. It's amazing. Did he write this for the show? This is the theme that he wrote for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. So something similar to what he did on Solo, I guess, where he uh, writes a theme and then the rest of the music is kind of constructed around that theme and always echoes pieces and bits of it throughout the soundtrack in every episode. So uh, for for the rest of the show, yeah, you can know that we're listening to some genuine uh, John Williams music, continuing Fresh. his legacy from Revenge of the Sith. Fresh John Williams music. Yeah. Fresh. Is that right, Phil? How would you describe Star Wars? Fresh? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's uh, a fresh 50-year-old product. <laughs> <laughs> it's aged well like a fine wine. That's like right. a fine cheese. That's right. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the show, guys. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, how did you guys like it? You know, just your first initial couple words, if you were to put it in just a few before we start breaking down the details here. It's nostalgic, I guess, would be uh, the word I would use for it most. It's, it, definitely, it's, it definitely hits differently than Mando. Like oh, they're, yeah. Uh, like, they're... they're they're, I don't know, they're just completely different in a lot of aspects. Some of them, for some of them, are, some, of, some of the differences are good. Some of the differences are some that I didn't, I didn't quite enjoy. But overall, it just like uh, I don't know. Give me that feeling. Mm-hmm. I was getting, I was getting, I was getting mm-hmm. hit with a wave of mm-hmm. Hugh McGregor. You just, I don't know. It was just, it just felt real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Blake? What do you, what are your thoughts on this? I would say I would describe it as surprisingly downtrodden. <laughs> downtrodden. 
Yeah, just I'm so used to Obi Wan being the positive one in the group. It's oh, so I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. To see him as just so broken and depressed. I know, and and the thing is, is we were all going to this this show expecting that. At least I hope so, because uh, really, still this is saying all just... saying it's going to happen and seeing it are two different things. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, uh, that's definitely something that I'll bring up in in a in a little bit when we start going through this, but. Uh, all I could think to myself when I first saw it was, yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing the like the classic Josh head nod to the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> like the whole thing, man. It was uh, unbelievable. Uh, and uh, I, 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 just to kick things off, uh, you know, the, the first episode opens up with four minutes of prequel a recap, which I, yeah. I, I obviously appreciated quite a lot, and uh, I thought it was a smart decision as well. It was. A lot of people may may have not seen the prequels for a really long time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. How did you uh, How did yeah. you feel about that, Phil? You get some uh, some recap for Attack of the Clones in there. PTSD yeah. kick in. <laughs> I, uh, I especially love like the uh, the scenes that don't feel they don't look right. When, when you're putting in the montage, it's so funny because it's just because kind of, <laughs> obviously, obviously they're clips from the other films, but it's like it, I, I just love the difference in the footage, in the camera style from all these things being cut together. And I'm like, this is weird. This is all yeah, funny. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so uh, you know, it's it's almost. Was, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying the opening was. Uh, it was cool having like a because when I when I turned it on Disney Plus, it's like, skip recap. I'm like, recap is the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many people are just going to like, not even think and just hit skip and then be like, oh man, I don't remember what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's really designed, I think, to be that next chapter in that, in the story, you know, and uh, uh, the way that I think this uh, not, uh, not ongoing series, whatever you describe that to be a mini series, I guess is uh, just a condensed film, I guess, or, or sorry, a extended film in, in, uh, in condensed chunks, you know? Uh, so uh, much like how they're approaching Andor, uh, which is also one of the first Star Wars shows that won't be relying on uh, the volume or stagecraft to really make that show happen. Um, this show kind of feels like it, is within the same realm of of grandiose in a way. Uh, I mean, we've we've already hit a, a new level of of storytelling uh, with these first two episodes in Obi Wan Kenobi that that the first two episodes of Mandalorian uh, didn't didn't accomplish. But I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's just me. Uh, maybe it's just the feeling that these characters. I mean, they're all greater than than life sort of thing. They're like the main characters of the story. So may maybe it's just, yeah, you the, might have a little bias. That might yeah, be why. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know. Cause I really enjoyed the Mandalorian and the first episode might be one of my favorites. So oh. I don't know if I agree with that or not. They're, they're different. They're different tones for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if I would say it's significantly better. Actually, I, uh, there's a lot of aspects of Mandalorian that I, I much prefer to Obi-Wan. But because uh, like, like I said, like they're, they're just very hard to like, even though they're both Star Wars, it's just starting from a fresh character versus starting with a very beloved character. 
with yeah. a beloved actor as well is, uh, you know, those are, those are, uh, two different things basically. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you know, seeing, seeing you and back as Obi-Wan is really, uh, is really something special. So I don't know, maybe going into the show, I think there, it, it certainly Re- revenge of the Sith has, has a very special place in my heart. It's a, it's, it's my favorite star Wars movie. So, I mean, this is literally just kind of as almost like a sequel to the events of that film, right. And the way that that film ended, uh, with the giving away of Luke and Leia and, uh, the transformation of Anakin into Vader, like everything, everything in that movie, this is the next step. And, uh, and so for me, this show is, is, is just like every episode is like such a big deal because, you know, there's only going to be six of them. And, uh, and obviously the story is supposed to be telling uh, a very crucial one to Obi-Wan's character. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely watching eagerly every time. And uh, I've already seen each episode twice now, uh, having, you know, written a few things down about each of them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that prequel recap was, was great to see. And, um, uh, and I love how the first episode opens up. I don't know about you guys, but opening up to the 501st invading the temple with order 66 and, so cool. uh, w- was one of the coolest things I think of the whole first episode. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, it was, I, that's what I wanted in revenge of the Sith. I was so sad they never did it in the actual film. So I'm glad we got to see it from the, like the, the battle inside the temple. Like the, yeah, like full on fight for sure. It definitely took me by surprise. I wasn't, I wasn't really expecting that to be like the first thing they start <laughs> off the show with. Um, I'm like, also, uh, I'm not, I'm not to say I'm surprised, but they really they didn't kill the younglings, which is, uh, <laughs> they, they, I don't know if they, I it was affecting the, the rating or anything like that, but I was like, oh, this is nice. This is, uh, I have a theory to that though i also have a theory to that i think we probably have the same theory to that i would imagine is that theory skeleton crew impossibly no because that's <laughs> <laughs> well that that's post return of the jedi so uh they, they would still be 10 years old. oh yeah okay yeah. Yeah. i thought it was uh during this timeline My, that would make uh, sense right they would like sneak in this like that sequence and that would be the start of the, of the show for the the, the jedi young leagues who are on the run I uh, actually, I, I thought, I thought, I, I'll discuss my theory later. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, yeah. I, so, so the kid that uh, the kids that get away, uh, are they? I, I didn't really pay too much attention to uh, the the tattoos on on the the Jedi's face when he shows up on Tatooine. I'm flashing forward just a little bit here, but is is it insinuated that one of those kids? is the Jedi that ends up on Tatooine looking for Obi-Wan's help. I don't know. I feel, I feel like it is, but uh, I, I don't know if it was like a direct or in, in like direct connection to that scene or not. I think, I don't know, maybe it was just like insinuating some Jedi got away. Uh, and that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. But yeah, at first that's definitely that's definitely what I was thinking as well. It's just like they were just showing that you know not every Jedi is dead, right? Because so like, because the the feeling that you get after uh, after Sith is really there's only like two left, and it's Yoda and Obi Wan. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Yes. That's, true. that's a good <laughs> like point. you know it's not, but that's kind of the feeling that you get out of it after you come out of the movie. It's only two of them left, and that, that's it. That's how most, I also, uh, most viewers might perceive it too, right? So, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a big, like, I'm big into the movie, so when I, 
generally when I think of Star Wars, I think of it in the realms of only the movies. Like that's we'll call it canon number one. G canon. Yeah, and then everything else is like because I, I watch animated shows very sparingly, but I do watch the the life the life action series because that's my favorites, and so though those are also part of it. But usually when I think of Star Wars, I think of the main movies. And that's yeah. generally where my thoughts are. Can't can't leave out that holiday special and throw, throwing in the live action live action TV. Uh, and all the Ewok movies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Blake, what were you going to say there? Uh, I was going to say I think part of it was also they wanted to show the fact like why all the Jedi were dead because they didn't really show any of the Order sixty six from Revenge of the Sith. So I don't know if they thought this was a, a faster get to the point way and didn't have Anakin killing younglings. So right, yeah. I think uh, honestly, you know, if you take if you take uh, the opinion of I think most uh, uh, people who are is watching Obi Wan Kenobi, I would say like over ninety percent of them have already seen the prequels at, at some point in their life uh, yeah. and r- remember you know, what, what happened in that tragedy. Uh, so, you know, it, if there is anyone out there who is watching Obi-Wan Kenobi and hasn't seen those movies, I'd be honestly surprised and partially blown away <laughs> uh, that they haven't seen mm-hmm. the, the, the three prequel films. Right. So, yes, true. And yeah. for what it's worth, I just quickly went through the, uh, the section of the film, it has the the temple scene and all the kids have helmets on so you can't really tell if they have tattoos or not <laughs> right so the one that uh gets killed eventually has all the facial markings and stuff but uh yeah. the jedi leader yeah like yeah the, the knight yeah so uh yeah i don't know i mean it, it's definitely like worth keeping in mind but at the same time i guess it's just to insinuate yeah some jedi got away that kind of propels us into the story uh, of obi-wan kenobi and the lifestyle that he's living um and uh how things kick off with the inquisitors landing on tatooine somewhere and you get the grand inquisitor fifth brother and third sister showing up uh, and we really get to experience the hunt because they're there looking for another jedi not kenobi and uh you know they find them and and squeeze him out of uh, a crowd of people uh and they're quite uh surgical when they do it too it's it's almost uh, impressive how they manage to they know how to make the jedi uh come out of hiding because they were all once jedi themselves except for reva yeah well yes and no because like i don't i don't really we don't really know a whole lot about reva i guess uh we do know that she wasn't really one of them from the start uh, yeah, and I I think it was insinuated, and I maybe there was a line, maybe I'm mistaken that because she was found as like a street rat, and that but she had like really good, really high potential, so they recruited her. But the rest of them, I think, were all previously Jedi. Right? Well, did, did they use the word street rat per se? Because because my my theory really revolves around like them taking young Jedi for the most part. Maybe those kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a easier to turn. They haven't completed their training. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of the direction I thought. I'm like the the character looks very young. So I was like, okay, I guess it's it's possible in the timeline that the kids like what I don't know, like 
10 years old. Plus yeah, 10, around there, plus, I think. Plus, yeah. plus 10 years, character could be 20. That yeah. would make some kind of sense. I think uh, that the, is the rough age of the Inquisitors. So I, uh, that, that, that was my theory. It's like the, the perfect Jedi to train would be a youngling that, you know, could uh, actually be corrupted, let's say. Because I feel like that would be an easier target to corrupt in a full-fledged Jedi, right? Yeah. That makes sense. Well, the, uh, I think it was the, uh, who, I'm blanking now on the number, uh, but uh, the Inquisitor girl from Jedi Fallen Order, she she had said Second that, sister. Uh, is it second sister? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, so she was, uh, she became an Inquisitor because she was basically tortured into uh, compliance, so, you know, it, 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 I think they all kind of have their kind of darker moments as to how they got with what they are. But uh, but yeah, it, I'm very curious about Reva. I'm sure more will be revealed in the future uh, about her character. But, yeah. um, you know, the, uh, uh, like if you look, if you look at what they're doing, uh, their Jedi Tai Chi, like there is uh, someone who re- re- resembles the third sister right in the middle, full focus kind of thing. So, oh, really? It's kind of weird. Yeah, she's uh, hmm. she's like center. I see. She's the center of the screen during one of the, just one of the one of the shots, but I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to take center. another look at that. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought that uh, it was curious that they they really just kick things off with her. Clearly, she's got you know blood out for Kenobi sort of thing. Like she. Yeah, I thought that was really yeah. strange, uh, actually. Yeah, it, it just maybe, just maybe, a bit curious, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe feeling betrayed, like uh, he could have saved them, you know what I mean, when they were kids, possibly? I, it, maybe. It felt to me more like she wants to prove herself, and as oh, she yeah. says, all the Jedi left her, all the like scum, like the, the untrained, were never probably knights, but the one that was never proven to be killed was Kenobi, so that's like her one shot. It's kind of how I took it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way. It almost sounds like they've got uh, a hit list with like a priority of of known known Jedi to the Empire, and I know they do have this list. Like it was shown in Dark Dark Lord of the Sith uh, comic books, but you know they do they do um, <clears throat> excuse me they uh, they must have Kenobi like number one on that list because you know it, it's confirmed like Anakin can confirm that he got away. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I thought it was uh, it was it was such a cool scene to seeing Obi Wan working in that meat mine. Um, yeah, and- what are they mining? What like giant, what animals? Giant, giant salmon blocks is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. The biggest yeah. sashimi you'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah, um, it's worth I, what I what I wrote down here was this this scene really depicts the fact that he's um, he's broken, you know, and he's uh, he's beat, he's near hopeless. Uh, he knows that uh, knowing anything he does could come back to harm his true purpose on Tatooine. Um, you know, we saw it when one of the uh, workers gets scolded off by someone for jipping his pay, and he doesn't do anything about that. Uh, he doesn't he even say anything. He doesn't he say doesn't anything. Even, yeah. He doesn't even like like the good. Like generally speaking, like in a movie like this, when you're establishing the good guy, it's like he says, "Oh." I, I've got kids, you know, this is only half of what I, I got. There was definitely an expectation of Obi-Wan giving his, up. not even speaking up, giving his share of his profits 
yeah. to that guy so he can feed his family. But none of that happened. Right. So I was that was that was pretty interesting because I was like, that was generally speaking when you're establishing your protagonist as like a, as the good guy, that would be something that you would do, and they didn't go that route, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Also, I like the fact that he's like he's sneaking out pieces of salmon. Yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> about that. He's not like he's not doing it sneakily. So I, no. I, I'm I'm so curious is like as to like what the rules are with that, but it's like that's just. I, I, I guess just no one's such just a crap job. Yeah, yeah, no one yeah. pays attention. No one cares. Yeah. Right. I think Boss Man would care, but as long as he's busy paying people, probably doesn't, doesn't probably notice. Doesn't notice, yeah. I mean something that stood out to me in regards to that the meat he steals though, is he's living okay, Obi-Wan is living in a cave. So he's not paying rent. He's not paying for anything like that. He doesn't have a speeder. It means he's got his Eopi who he shares his meat with. He's not paying for anything. And that yet still, the, the amount of credits that he earns is still not enough to buy food. He still has to steal food, and he has he's not spending money on anything else. What are you talking about? He's too busy buying Luke's toys that he showed. <laughs> yeah. He's just an impulse buyer. It's like his $50 broken down ship toy, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. rebuying his own parts from, from Jawas. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the toy that Luke kept all the way from when he was 10 to the start of a new home. Well, now we know where he gets all that money. What he has to pay Han Solo. <laughs> that makes sense. That's right. He's just totally. been saving for years. Uh, I don't have to sell my speeder. Stealing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been saving for years, stealing food just to, just to get that ride. But. Uh, yeah, you know, this is a guy who just doesn't sleep. He's got endless nightmares. Uh, you know, he even tries his best to communicate with Qui-Gon almost like a prayer when his night nightmares wake him up, uh, in the middle of the night. And all I could think about was uh, a Clone Wars episode that was never aired or finished, uh, from the Utapau arc. And, uh, in, uh, uh, when, when Blake and I did, uh, a, episode about Obi-Wan Kenobi, what happened, we actually talked about this, this episode, uh, because some of the dialogue was, was shared on the proxy animation. And he talks to Anakin about Ahsoka's leaving and, and Anakin says to him, like in retort, like, how would you feel if I had left? And, uh, it was just such a, uh, uh, such a great line because, uh, Obi-Wan responds hesitantly and, is he says you know i wouldn't sleep not very well i suppose and and uh really just doesn't know how to process uh that question and uh he doesn't almost he almost doesn't want to run that through his mind um so yeah uh that was that was kind of a nice uh little link to where he uh where he's at now and and w- when that question first came up and uh his unpreparedness for the, the the truth in the matter that that could in fact be a reality. Yeah. Okay. Best part though. This is my favorite part of the, this whole episode. So when he's having the nightmare, he sees, you know, flashbacks of Anakin. You see, see them as like brothers. And then you slowly see Anakin like turn into Vader. He's like, after the battle, he's all like burned up and scarred screaming. Like, I, I hate you. And then this, the scene that frightens him so much that he wakes up in a, in a cold sweat 
is Anakin in the end one starfighter saying spinning. That's a cool trick. <laughs> they didn't have that, that, that dialogue in there. The line, but that's, that's the sequence. That's what it's from. Yeah. That's what it frames him awake. That's the last shot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think just in that, in those couple seconds, I think it was just supposed to remind us who that guy used to be. You know, it's hard to believe that like such a little innocent boy became like such a monster. But but yeah, yeah. I think uh, that's that's visually so I think what that you was think portraying. It's weird that that's at the end though. That should be at the beginning. Like it, it should be chronological. You would think if that's what they're trying to establish. Yeah. Well, first you you I mean when 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 a bad memory Actually, is that, triggered. That reminded me. Yeah. So I got all hyped before the series. I'm like, oh my god, Hayden Christensen's gonna be back. This is gonna be amazing. Like his 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 full redemption arc from being trashed by the Star Wars community to being like this, this the whole redemption is going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Like I can't wait to see him on film again. You know, he actually had Darth Vader's story arc. Like, oh no. He's like, he's Darth Vader right now. And he's yep. like all spatially, like all messed up. And I'm, I'm curious how they're going to handle how he's going to look like, but it's like, Oh, the the vision I had in my mind of how he was going to look like and how it's going to be like oh it's going to be him on camera again as Anakin I'm like oh no wait he's he's Darth Vader man like you know yeah that kind of took me uh, not by not by surprise but it's like I just that part had I had totally disconnected it and I was like oh yes of course yeah and it's uh, I can't wait to see how they how they handle the the makeup effects on him and stuff like that and how he's going to act in the in the show oh yeah for sure. Yeah, um, totally. Uh, so um, something else that, that came up was uh, when uh, Obi-Wan is traveling to, uh, to, well, back from the Lars homestead, and uh, one of the Jedi survivors finds him in the desert, and Obi-Wan doesn't help him, and he tells him, just bury your lightsaber in the desert, walk away, you know, uh, go back to town, don't do anything. Uh, much like uh, how Obi-Wan buried his past um, and his own lightsabers. He's really, you know, he's really just, he's not only just let that part of him go, he's buried it like beneath a couple feet of sand, you know, the lightsaber. Yeah, but I was past. thinking about that. He finds it so easily and in, in the desert, the sand's going to move around. So it's never going to look like the same place that, you buried it, which means, this is my theory, he could sense the kyber crystals, which is how he, he found it, which means yeah, if he can very easily find them at any point in time. So is it really burying? Like, it's like, it, well, it's, it's just so he's that leaving no a one, life preserver. It's just so no one finds it in his cave, right? But but the, then, then I question, like, well, why did he just have it in a box in his house when he gets his house? But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. That's a good point. Um, but well, yeah. point, he's like, He's like a million years old. I think it's given up. I, I think like this show is really just kind of showing us where this character is going to change because where he's headed right now is to a place much darker and lonelier than where we are in A New Hope. Uh, when we see him in A New Hope, he has the hope and aspiration for Luke. And in this in this yeah. arc, it's almost as if that's kind of burned out you know like even though he does say to owen at one point uh that that the boy must be trained and everything it, it's almost like he it's it's words without meaning because he's telling another jedi to just take a hike so what's the deal <laughs> right <laughs> so i mean like the way i look at it is like 
right now in this moment before the end of this whole show kind of happens, he's let that part of his life go already. And he's just there to watch Luke Skywalker, almost like to babysit him. He's not the hero anymore because when Bale comes to him for help, he doesn't want to help. And he tries to find an excuse not to, even though it's Leia, even though it's Luke's sister, Anakin's daughter, right? Like they both, and Bale has to remind him. He says, she is just as important as he is. And, uh, and so, and, but he's still reluctant to go. And so that tells me a lot about his personality and where he's at right now, because this is like how we find Luke Skywalker in, in episode eight. You know, this is just a guy who is so convinced. He's like self-convinced that there's nothing he can do to make any kind of difference anymore. And, uh, and that's an Obi-Wan that we've never seen on screen, uh, but we've known has existed for a, a while you know, through the course of other stories. And uh, it's so great. It's also crazy though, because that's basically what Maul tried to do. Right. When Obi-Wan was captured on Mandalore, every time Obi-Wan tried to help Maul would do something else. If I'm getting the right arc, correct. He would like torture someone else. Right. Didn't that happen? Maybe it wasn't. Well, well, Maul Maul didn't want to kill Obi-Wan. He wanted to make him suffer. So, so he uh, killed, uh, Satine and and threw him in a cell. This is a different time. There's a different time where uh, instead of killing Obi Wan, they they would every time he he would try to help, they would harm someone else. The the Cadavo, yeah, the Cadavo slave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's right. Uh, Yeah, that's probably the closest I would say to uh, Obi Wan being in this position before. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's a great arc to bring up because uh, you know I I believe we may have even. Uh, somehow passed over that when we were doing our Obi-Wan Kenobi, what happened. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's a great one to bring up for sure, because he does, he does see the consequences of helping in the innocent, I guess, uh, being a Jedi and his kind of, it's in his DNA to do so. Right. So uh, whenever he plays the hero, someone dies or gets tortured for it. And um, it really kind of starts to break his character a little bit. Um, Phil, have you seen that uh, story arc by any chance? No, no. Like I said, just I'm for the most part I'm big on live action stuff. Gotcha. uh, A lot of the Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff. It's like it's just I feel like it's one of those things where it's like if you haven't if you don't if you're not on if you're not on it on the first like day of the release, then it's just like all you have is a backlog at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a it could be a bit tough to go through a long show like that. Um, That's why the live action ones, I'm like, I gotta watch it when they get released. Otherwise, it's just gonna end up being on my backlog, and I'm just gonna be like, not too busy to to, to, to like look at all the other things. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, moving on to the next thing um, that I want to point out is um, young Leia. Uh, we flash to Alderaan, and uh, first thing I want to bring up is recently Kathleen Kennedy said uh, something about how they weren't going to recast any more Star Wars characters, and a matter of three weeks goes by, and we see the first episode of Obi Wan Kenobi, and what do you what do you know? They've recasted young a uh, young Leia. 
who was absolutely well, cool. technically young Luke too. Then, right? And, well, yeah. yeah, and a young Luke too. But I thought it was just so ironic that that because that's exactly what Solo was. It was just a young version of the same character played by a different yeah. actor, right? Like it's just like yes, yes, and no. I'm I, I mean, like this is true, but at the same time, it's more like there would be like it's like unrecognizable at that point. Like you, like you wouldn't be able to tell us not the same person because it's like a yeah, no. I'm not bothered by it. And let me say this, Josh. From her perspective, because she's been working on it, this this was already recast, so it's not new to her. So, from a certain point of view. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I gotta say, she was uh, was really uh, quite wonderful. Uh, The young actress who plays Leia, she was... uh, She did a great uh, job. Did a great job. I generally, generally speaking, I don't like child actors like at all gotcha I, th- I feel like it's very difficult to get immersed when you have a child actor however that being said like this wasn't a bad performance by any means except for the running she could have run better <laughs> jedi slides under the bushes is that what you're I, referring uh, to I, I think my my favorite part is that like uh the whole chase to me was completely useless because <laughs> Well, she, she got captured anyways. So it was yep. kind of like a, to me, it just felt like a waste of like three minutes or whatever it was because it it didn't, it didn't do anything to the character except to show that, I don't know, she could outrun some adults, but she's running so slow and you can see it that she's yeah. running so slow and then everyone's kind of holding back. I feel like <laughs> that was my only, like as far as episode one goes, like I liked pretty much every single thing of it. That was like yeah. the only thing that I was just like, I watched it and I was like, I'm not not a fan of this the ch- section. The chase here. scenes, the chase scenes, they always struggle with the chase scenes in these it, TV it shows because yeah. the sets are it, so small, right? Mm-hmm. So it just that actually work. makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Maybe it is a, a limitation to being in uh, stagecraft. Well, I, th- I think it, I think it is because uh, you know witnessing the the speeder chase on on the Book of Boba Fett. I mean, we talked extensively about that one and. <laughs> Uh, it was, uh, it's questionable and, uh, you know, not, not, not a big fan of that, that this, I don't know. I feel like the whole time I just heard George's voice in my head. No, uh, faster, more intense. That's right. <laughs> Another take. Faster, faster more intense. intense. Yeah. And then you look What's at attack, is- attack of the clones. There's an awesome chase in that movie. Like, I mean, you know, when, when Hayden's running through the, the, you know, slammed past people in the crowd and. Uh, yeah. the camera work is awesome and you get that feeling like people are running here, you know? So, yeah, but it's also, it's like, you know, she's 10 years old and doesn't know how to run. So that-, <laughs> that, and I felt yeah. like the, the people chasing her were just incredibly incompetent. They get stuck yeah, but- in like a small bushes and like tiny branches. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that- like, oh no, she went around a tree with a giant gap next to it. I think that was kind of my, uh, like my overall, major complaint because everything everything in this show from the two episodes from uh the setting uh just like the sets in general just the look of it i thought was fantastic yeah and um all that stuff i i I was really amazed by it i thought that the acting was pretty good um some of the dialogue it might have made me wince a little bit here and there but overall it was like it was really good but it all came down to um i don't know just People may some of the characters were making dumb decisions where it's just like, I, I know that it's a show and I know that it's fiction, but at the same time, I like, I, I would expect 
a character to make decisions that weren't like you know, like the dumbest thing. Right. You know what I mean, especially sometimes, sometimes from Obi Wan as well, where I was, Obi Wan didn't do anything dumb per se, but like he had plenty of opportunities to like, I don't know, maybe explain himself, but he just like decides to like not do it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go back to uh, just like one one thing in the or a few things in the first episode here. Um, yeah. Back to the Jedi who who kind of he told to kind of shove off sort of thing. Uh, he's no longer General Kenobi, you know. He's uh, he's really truly become someone different. He's become Ben. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think I think that was a needed transition too because that that was a big gap between Episode three and Episode four for sure. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that we see him make that transition, or we see we've seen that there has been a transition because uh, there has also been a transition for for Anakin as as Vader, and and it'll be very interesting to see where he's at and how he speaks uh, when we see him on screen, because I'm right. sure the 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 dialogue of him not fully becoming that robotic person later, uh, I'm sure we'll see a little more of that. Where is Padme? Is she safe? Mm. Is she all right? You know, like the. It's been ten years. It, well, the, I, I mean, like the the dialogue, the voice is there, yeah, but but like the, the the how he, what he says, right, is going to be a lot more leaning towards Anakin than it will mm. be towards yeah. that classic kind of Vader that we get later. Um, I'm curious just to to see how they're going to handle the logistics of his voice. Like at all in the show, I think. Well, isn't James Earl Jones back? I actually don't know about the cat. I didn't, I didn't check any of the cast. I think I would. Uh, I would imagine. I would back. So. I would just imagine so. Yeah, but uh, I think the voice, though, even with James Earl Jones, will be closer to what we got in Rebels, because if you recall, Vader sounded different in Rebels, even though it was James yeah. Earl Jones than in the original trilogy. Well, that, that, just was, because that was stylized a little old. bit. Um, you think so? Because I thought it was mostly yeah. because James Earl Jones is just quite a bit older now. I mean, they, well, that was forty years ago. In in Rogue One, he sounded a little better than in Rebels, uh, but it was still like, yeah, you can tell he's aged a bit for sure. Um, compared to Revenge of the Sith, which is probably the most recent uh, other recent appearance that he made as the character, uh, you know, he definitely has. It's been like over fifteen years, right? So. Uh, it, it's certainly been a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, Obi-Wan's, uh, gift to, uh, to, to Luke, uh, thrown back. Yeah. The little Skyhopper model that we see later in episode four. Uh, I, I assume he eventually gets it because, because it's the same ship. I thought that was kind of a cool Easter egg, but it's thrown back. How funny would it be though, if uncle Owen just threw that one out and then bought a better one that wasn't broken. <laughs> and it took yeah. all the credit for, yeah. for the idea. That's right. Obi Wan, we don't need your junk here. And then you like, I already got up. one. I already got one of those. That's right. Yeah. It's like their dad who just this has is, all the money. Yeah, this is last year's model. <laughs> he, like, left, he like left it on the porch. I'm like, like at nighttime. I just imagine going. I was like, what's this garbage? It's like, it out, right? What a piece of junk. <laughs> 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 why why Luke is best, Luke? Uh, <laughs> that was the best. There was there was something very touching about when he when he uh, sees kind of Luke playing 
you know, pretending to drive a pod racer and, uh, and, and then later Obi-Wan dropping off this toy ship for him. I thought that was just such a kind, you know, for the first whole part of the episode, you really get this kindness from Obi-Wan despite his brokenness. He's always been a kind person. Uh, and it's, it's the small things like feeding his EOP and, uh, and, uh, how he treats the Jawa who steals his stuff and, um, how he gets, how he's not got a whole lot of money, but he still spends quite a bit just to give Luke some kind of toy, you know? And I don't know, I just, there's just something about it that was quite touching. Um, he really does care for, for Luke in a, in a way that, um, as close as you could get to, a father and a son because that's how Anakin referred to Obi-Wan once. And then it graduates from there into a brotherhood. And so in a way, Obi-Wan would almost look at, at Luke as if he is uh, an uncle to him, much like how Owen is. Right. Yeah. And you get this rivalry when, when Owen tosses this toy back at him and uh, you know, they obviously have very different, perspectives as to how Luke is supposed to be raised. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on, on that conversation? When, uh, when Owen and, and, uh, Obi were talking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, overall, uh, that section, I didn't feel like their conversation was, uh, that impactful for me. Like, I, I yeah. didn't feel like, I didn't feel like it, 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 not, not that it wasn't needed in the story, but it didn't, it didn't change the story. Like it wasn't like like I feel I feel like the scene that came afterwards is what I really remembered. Mm-hmm. With the lady getting her hand cut and she only screamed for like one point <laughs> <half of a second. laughs> She's like, ah! And, the, yeah, and then she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> I love how, I love how they went for it too. They went they were like, you know what's a good meme in Star Wars? Cut hands. So they just That's cut true. another hand. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, they just they just went for it, but uh, overall, the- do you think Phil that the reason why it was less impactful on you is because the the biggest line, which is when Owen calls out Obi Wan saying like like he trained his father. Do you think it was because that line was in the trailer, so you were expecting it? That no, that, that, that was the biggest that thing. That could have played a part. Yeah. Um, when he like, cause, like, cause the whole, the, cause the whole conversation from like, from what I remember, it's really just Obi-Wan saying that he wanted to train Luke, which I'm not even sure if it was a genuine, a genuine intention of his or not. And right. then the response from Owen. And that's like kind of all I remember from the conversation from my watch. And I watched it yesterday. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, <clears throat> uh, Blake, do you have any thoughts on this one? I think I'd probably agree with Phil. Uh, that one line I really, I really like because it cuts deep. But again, we were expecting it because of the trailer. Um, and I also thought it was interesting that Owen calls him out, saying you're you're just trying to find out if Luke is showing, like he's revealing any uh, force activity. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, let's let's take a quick listen because I, I just thought it was it was very uh, almost important for Owen's relationship with uh, with Luke. I want you to stay away from him. We don't need anything from you, Ben. It's just a toy. It's a lot more than that. There's more to life than your farm, Owen. He needs to see that. There's a whole galaxy out there. I'm asking you to leave us alone, Ben. I mean it. Is he okay? 
You don't care if he's okay. You care if he's showing. It's my responsibility, Owen. Well, I'm his uncle. We talked about this. When the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father? Anakin is dead, Ben. And I won't let you make the same mistake twice. So leave him on the farm with his family where he belongs. Yeah, so we get a we get a, a the sense that he's really jaded at the fact that not only does the Jedi have this galactic rep of being responsible for uh, a lot of crimes and stuff, which are not true, but but you know the Emperor has pinned a whole lot of garbage on him. So who knows what he believes or not? Uh, you know, Owen mm-hmm. living all the way there in, in the outer rim. Um, but he does, I, I think he does know that Obi-Wan has good intentions. It's just, he does blame him for the death of his, his, uh, uh, stepbrother for Anakin Skywalker. And, and, uh, you know, they, they don't know that he turned, well, they don't know that he's still alive. Uh, yeah. say both of them were completely unaware that Vader is still about. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and as, as you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that, um, the, the attitude that he's got towards this toy ship is almost as if he looks at it as if like, oh, well, I don't want to give Luke the idea that, that he can leave, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't, I don't want to have g- fun. <laughs> it's just, it just translates into how, he, how we see him speak to Luke in a new hope. It's like, well, it's only one more season, you know, uh, <laughs> you just, yeah, yeah. he wants, he wants Luke to stay on the farm. And, and, uh, by the time we see Luke on that farm, all his friends have gone. Like he's literally the last one <laughs> that, that is still on that dust ball. And it's because of uncle Owen and, and, uh, Amperu, I think just goes along with it. Yeah, he's still got two friends that never leave Tasha station and don't have jobs. That, that is also true. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we, we all got a friend like that. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, here, it, 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 the thing is, is like with, with, with Obi-Wan Kenobi is just, it's just like, there's this, uh, uh, there's this real sense that, you know, they're, they're butting heads over like, who's going to act, who's really looking after Luke for his best intentions, you know? And, uh, because Obi-Wan did go there with the purpose to do that, but Owen's really looking at it as if, well, the Jedi have caused nothing but trouble and the deaths of so many have happened, including my own brother. Uh, why on earth should I trust this man with my now partially adopted son? Right? Like there's this kind of, jadedness and and when the inquisitor talks to him about uh you know when when they have their little conflict uh he he says uh jedi or vermin and i kill vermin on my farm and he says it with such think that was sincere i think it was he was just trying to i think it was yeah he was tossing some dirt in obi-wan's eye knowing he was listening um because (laughs) when when the whole thing was over he says i didn't do that for you I did that for, yeah. you know, he, he's doing that for Luke. He's, he, he's protecting Luke genuinely just as much as Obi-Wan is. He's just doing it differently. So, yeah, I, I like that scene a lot as well, just because once again, just to like, just hard back to that guy who didn't get his full money. It's, it's another scene where it's like, there's a lot of tension and you expect, uh, you expect a good guy to come in and possibly, Soup in, maybe like, I don't know, she takes her lightsaber or whatever, and she's about to hit him, and then 
Obi-Wan has to come save the day and reveal himself or something like that. But it didn't happen. The bad guy saved the day. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's, 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 again, interesting that, like, you know, the uh, – I, I can't remember his position, his name. The guy with the markings on his forehead. Grand Inquisitor. Um, the Grand Inquisitor uh, was the one that ended up stopping the fight instead of instead of Obi Wan. So I found that uh, yeah, that pretty interesting. Um, I love that we got a flash into the relationship between Leia and uh, Bale, her adoptive father. Uh, yeah, for sure. Very uh, very special bond that they share. Uh, you can yeah. totally tell they 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 put that on the spotlight right from the the get go. Yeah, uh, good old Jimmy Schmitz. So it was just so, all those scenes were just so good. Yeah, uh, so good. Yeah, and and, and like, she very, like him a lot in this. Yeah, she very quickly shows us that she's like just beyond her years, much like her mother Padme, right? You know, just the way that she expresses yeah. herself, uh, how she doesn't really want to be a senator, and she struggles with her cousin's bullying words that that. Um, She's not an organa. She like stand up and call him out, right? Yeah, yeah. And and later, like she takes it to heart though when when he says that she's not one of them, because uh, and clearly like she doesn't look like one of them. She doesn't have the same toned skin or hair or anything like that. Uh, and her family knows that she's adopted, and uh, you know she just kind of feels like an outsider. But Bale insists that she's, um, you know, as much as her daughter as as anyone you know, as if even if they had their own child, like would be, and that uh, the planet will one day look to her to lead, uh, which is just such a great foreshadowing moment because that's literally what happens. And beyond the destruction of Alderaan, we know that Leia leads the survivors of, of Alderaan and people scattered across the galaxy that are originally from there to a new haven where they set up a new Alderaan. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just such a great little moment that they have there on the balcony. Yeah. I had a question for this scene, uh, not in regards to Jimmy Schmitz, but to the mother. Is So I think it's in the novel. I'm not sure if it's her or if it was someone else. Was was this Bria? the lady that Leia refers to as remembering as her mother? No. No. Okay. Um, so in, in a novel uh, more recently, uh, I think it was a novel or a comic, I believe, they kind of insinuated that Leia in her very young age comes across a statue of Padme. And, uh, and, uh, and that's, that's what kind of triggers the memory. But I mean, there, there's a variety of theories. I mean, you could always, uh, point towards the theory that the force has kind of engrounded a memory in her head of Padme on her deathbed. Right. I mean, cause they didn't yeah. look at each other in that moment. And, the, the force can do some crazy, yeah, I would crazy recall things. There being so. a theory that the Organa mother or one of the handmaidens of the Organa, she thought was her mom. My- yeah, no, I, it's, uh, it's always been, it, it, I mean, she's always known that she's been adopted and, and like her mom was present for quite a while in her life. Uh, I don't really know at what point that Bria dies. I believe it's probably at some point between this show and Rogue One though. Uh, if, if she does, uh, in fact, pass but uh but yeah i i don't really don't really know i guess we'll have to wait and find out um yeah sure enough yeah i wonder if they're going to explore just a tiny bit the politics of alderaan at all yeah the major with the major houses the house of thule 
You know, it's, it's the, I don't know if you guys caught this. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but when Bale had his party, uh, there was a, a little line or a little exchange between him and another Senator. And, uh, you know, mind you, they're all imperial senators now working under the empire. And we're going to see that highlighted a lot more in the upcoming Andor show. But yeah, uh, and what it's like to, to do that. <laughs> but uh, he was saying to another senator like, oh, you know, something, something, uh, uh, you know, help people, uh, which I forget the exact words he said, but it was about some relief towards, uh, you know, people in need or whatever. And uh, the other senator was like, oh, save it, Bill. I'm just here to eat your food. And yeah, uh, and I was like, dang, like that's pretty popular, the course, especially for the Imperial Senate. Yeah, yeah. But but like, that's the kind of thing that that you would have heard typically from senators, even back in the days of the Republic, when, you know, they were just just like uh, some of the they they weren't doers. Right. Like, I mean, that's why uh, senators like Padme and uh, and Bale and Mon Mothma and, and, you know, the few others that kind of we saw in various Clone Wars episodes, like, band together to actually, like, do something. Um, a lot of them just kind of go along with it. And that's the whole reason why yeah. the Republic they're there got for the screwed prestige, over. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're there for the prestige. The grandeur. They're there for just, just to represent their world. But meanwhile, the, the Chancellor runs everything. And then uh, back home, they might have a queen or something that, that runs things there. Uh, they're just kind of the middleman uh, to a lot of the times. And they could have a lot of sway if they wanted to if they really put in the effort but a lot of them just don't they just sit on their chair do nothing and just kind of eat the good food and live the good life and that's that right so i loved how we get that uh that that uh visual kind of cue it within just like two lines of dialogue that's like there's your typical sender <laughs> that's why bail yeah, is different true. that's why padme is different that's why leia is different uh and uh that's what makes them all so so uh, uh, kind of I different. Guess, well, no, it just uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what makes them all so uh, uh, not under the spell. And yeah, they're not under the spell. They're not under Palpatine's sway, right? Uh, and so that's why even after all those years, like uh, Bale and and Leia are still helping the rebellion grow, even under the nose of the Emperor himself. So, yeah, so true. Um, uh, I also noticed when the kidnapper showed up, all I could think about was, Hey, there's needles from back to the future. <laughs> oh, you, you guys have seen Ooh. back to the future. Come on. Yeah. yeah I, like, no, I, no, I don't no. have it visually in my head. You know what I mean? You know, he's the guy um, who shows up in the, in the car at the very end of the big truck or something. He's like, oh, Hey, man. McFly, uh, Let's race, you know, and he's the guy that tries that to, guy. yeah. Oh man, you're right. It's the same guy. It's like, he hasn't no aged. Idea. It's like, he hasn't aged today. His hairline's just receded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. I was like, wow, that's great. Uh, so at least that's what I think of. Some, some people might think of him as a, a member of a band, but, um, but I, I look at him as needles from back to the future. <laughs> so yeah, a nice little cameo. Dang. Yeah, I had no idea. That's crazy. Good, good eye, man. It's a good spot. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching. I'm watching that 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 section of the of the first episode right now. I'm at the chase scene right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know what? I think I'm gonna look up the the clip from 
from Back to the Future, just so he can get get the. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, so this is Michael Balzeri, or um, is it is it Flea or? No, his name's Needles. He goes by Needles. Oh, Flea the band, I guess. About the future. About us. And you got fired. Wait a minute, what do you mean I got fired? Yeah, it's the end of Back to the Future 3, that's what it is. Hilldale, this is where we live. I, I mean, this, uh, this, is, uh, this is where we Fly. There he is. Hey, Needles. Nice set of wheels. Let's see what she can do. Next green light. No, thanks. What's the matter? Chicken? <laughs> there he is. So he's always causing trouble in the movies. He's the one who challenges him to race, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Bale's request for help when she gets kidnapped though, she, uh, I think I mentioned it before, but she says she is as important as he is. And, uh, Obi-Wan's kind of response to that is it's been 10 years. I'm not the same man I used to be. Find someone else. And he just hangs up the phone. And, um, I mean, you know, it just really kind of pinpoints where we're at with that character. You know, he's Obi-Wan Kenobi is no more sort of thing yeah i do i do i do also wonder it's like i get that it has to move the story forward but like was obi-wan really the only guy that could have done this job <laughs> like, isn't, Maybe uh, oh God. Like, he's like this rich guy right like this is the only guy that could do this job yeah. Well, I think he's worried about Leia being exposed as like Anakin's kid. So I'd like to think of the idea that he already tried Yoda and Yoda did the same thing. He's hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> he said he tried Yoda. On you are. On you, on you are. <laughs> yeah, he calls Dagobah and it's just like no reception signal. <laughs> yes, it's real sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. To a I am. <laughs> no bars I have. <laughs> yes it's it's bail uh, uh, i am making soup <laughs> that's the excuse yeah some, some snake soup i love it oh i was wondering do you think that the the stew that obi-wan makes in his cave is tastier than yoda's stew it kind of looks like it i mean you know it's and not it's, it's got salmon in it yoda's yoda's is less of a stew more of a gruel yeah that's true i mean more at least prison gruel at least, i mean we see like luke grimace when he eats it whereas obi-wan actually doesn't doesn't seem to like you know hate his food or yeah. anything so obi-wan's got the hardened stomach of a jedi <laughs> he's using That's the force to just you know get through it <laughs> i don't know I'd, I'd take obi-wan soup any day of the week over yoda's stew <laughs> yeah, fair enough oh man um so yeah obi-wan's on a repeat cycle day in day out working eating watching sleeping uh, you know, he sees the consequences of not helping his fellow Jedi when he sees him hanging there in the town. Um, but it's in the first episode that we see him like working at his shift for a kind of a quick shot, like three times, I think, before he finally leaves the planet. And uh, yeah, just again, cementing 
this day in, day out. He's been doing this for 10 years. Uh, and uh, he's just kind of burned out into a, another person. Uh, yeah, they really try to hammer that home, showing that 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 travel, him working and traveling home, getting stealing the meat like three times through yeah. the episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just they, just his life has become so monotonous. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, Bale says to Obi Wan when he gets the planet that uh, you you couldn't save Anakin, but you can save her. And I was trying to rack my mind, trying to remember, does Bale know about Vader or, or does he not know who he is at this point? I mean, I don't know. It's gonna, maybe, maybe, maybe they're gonna, maybe they're gonna, they're gonna dive more into it. But I mean, if Obi-Wan was shocked, then I would imagine that he would be too. I doubt that Palpatine is just parading Vader around the Senate. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing, though. Is I feel like the canon is very inconsistent with this because the novels talked about how people nobody knew Vader was Anakin, and very few people knew Vader even exists. Who's kind of outside the Imperial system? But then yeah. we keep hearing people who know who he is because it was supposed to be basically just Palpatine and Tarkin at one point. And now yeah. Reva knows that it's Anakin, that yeah. Vader's Anakin. The third then, sister knows. You know? To me, that was so bizarre. Like, yeah. Why would she know that? I, I thought that was very strange. That was like the but, last the last thing of her character knowing that. Yeah, that, think, that, that was a really weird. I was like, oh, something's up with her I, character. We're going to find out I think it more. is weird, but like, I feel like should we could all understand that when you're obsessed with something, you probably know a little bit more detail yeah. Than your your average person. So her being so obsessed with getting Obi-Wan while everyone's kind of like everyone, all the Inquisitors have basically given up on finding him. It's like if they find him, it'll be by chance, basically. They're not they're not actively hunting Obi-Wan specifically. So I feel like maybe that would explain it a little bit more. She's done more of her research and all of that stuff because right. she is so absolutely obsessed. She's so zealous and in finding him. Right. She's jumping off buildings. True enough. And stuff. <laughs> Parkour. Uh, Parkour. Yeah. You know, Bale, um, I, I, I keep thinking to myself, like, well, he was at the Senate building when Obi-Wan and Yoda found out that, that Anakin is Vader through the hologram in the Jedi Temple. That's right. Yeah, he was there, wasn't he? Yeah, because he I'm dropped sure- him off. He dropped him off there before he went to his meeting at the Senate building. But... I don't know if they would have told him afterwards because they later reconnect at the end of the film when they exchange uh, Luke and Leia with him, right? Like, because he's there. uh, He's there when Padme gives birth and says to Obi-Wan, there's still good in him. So it makes me wonder, like, if he does know that Anakin is Vader, does he not know that Vader is alive? And if he doesn't know Vader is alive after 10 years of Revenge of the Sith, I'm just curious as to like what he does know because because if he does know that Vader is alive out there, why doesn't he tell Obi Wan this before he sends him on his way? <laughs> That's right along that same question of like how prominent is Vader known because originally he wasn't known at all. Yeah, he would be like it would be surprising you when you see his credentials. But it almost feels like now Vader's being paraded around, like everybody knows of his existence. 
I feel like, well, we know more, that, more people we tend know that to know about the Inquisitors the right now. But yeah, I think like yeah. he's perceived as like an agent of the um, of the emperor because there there's even imperial officers in A New Hope that don't know what he can do. So like it's kind of a word of mouth thing, and uh, they just know that oh this oh that's Lord Vader. Lord Vader's got a lot of like pull, a lot of leeway, but like they might not know what he's like in action or not know what he can do yeah. with the force. Right, and that's what I was going to bring up is like it seems like they didn't really understand Vader at the top levels of, of the death star council <laughs> yeah 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 exactly uh so i love the scene when uh when obi-wan puts his um uh well i love the scene when obi-wan puts his shovel in the sand digs up a box it's a weird it's a weird feeling seeing uh, obi-wan and anakin's lightsaber side by side in a box almost like you know they're sitting there from a time kind of long long ago uh yeah yeah, did you did you get any weird feelings like watching that that scene? Reminded me of Ray. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely uh, like I said. This that that was that was one of the one of the moments in the in the uh, the show where it just little little IV of nostalgia hooked up to my vein, which felt really yeah. nice. Mm. Right. Uh, I made me think like. Obi-Wan had the forethought to put the lightsabers in a box so the sand wouldn't ruin them, but Ray just put them under like an old blanket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh something that something that struck me was um someone someone made a comparison to it was someone before this show came out, uh, one of the writers or or something uh made the comparison between Logan the movie and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And when I saw that scene, um, it really struck a chord, you know, with, with in Logan, he, he's, he used to be a superhero and we, we see him in the film as like this broken kind of, uh, burned out, not what he used to be kind of guy who wants to forget all about that past. And he's buried that part of him. And, uh, and we see him have to dig that up again when he has to rescue this child. And which ends up being his child, but you know, it's, it's just like, it's almost the same story. And, uh, and it really, it's also the story of basically Mandalorian and bad batch, but (laughs) well in Mandalorian though, he doesn't need to bury anything. He's just kind of, that's true. I guess just the have to rescue and carry around some, some yeah like some child that's just helpless yeah that that and that and bad batch are one and the same but yeah for 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 a character who he used to be somebody you know and he's given that up on purpose or or through pain or whatever that part of him is no longer there but he has to reach down deep and get that part of him out again so he can do a job and uh and and you know involving a, a young kid of importance right so when he looks at the box with his lightsaber lying side by side with Anakin's, which the last time that thing was turned on, it was swinging at his face trying to kill him. You know, it obviously brings up a lot of emotions. And uh, I just thought it was very, um, you know, it, it was very touching almost to see him have to take that on his shoulders again. It's almost like strapping on that cross that he used to bear uh, so he can go off to save the day again and be this person that he doesn't think he is anymore. And uh, there's this yeah. scene at the very end of the movie when he pulls his robes back to put his card back in his belt 
And it was almost a one for one shot of the Qui-Gon Jinn mm. from a, a Phantom Menace when Anakin first sees his lightsaber and says, you know, are you a, is that your latest or are you a Jedi? Right. Like later in the, in the film. Um, you think the Jedi would be better at hiding that, especially when they <laughs> yeah. be on the run. I just <laughs> right? thought that was such a cool little one for one uh, parallel though. I, you know, Star Wars yeah. is full of those parallels and I just, it, it, it really, uh, uh, rang true to the, to that narrative. Yeah. yeah. It's like poetry, right? Yeah. It, you know, like it, it kind of rhymes. <laughs> but yeah, when uh, it's funny you talk about that scene because like I did not have the same reaction to it. I could like that moment didn't really pop in my head. To me, the moment was like, "Wow, Obi Wan's really dumb exposing his lightsaber." <laughs> 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 like just uh, <laughs> like none, like when you when you're talking about it, it's like, "Oh yeah, I did. I had a physical reaction to that shot where I was just like." <laughs> It's, like, it's one of those things I was saying earlier. It's just like the, it's just not acting according to what he says he's supposed to be. You know, what I mean? circumstances. Yeah, he yeah. He, do, he says he doesn't want anyone to know he's a Jedi. He's acting like he doesn't want anyone to know he's a Jedi. Next thing you know, he's just swinging around his lightsaber. Like you know what he needs? He needs to stitch into his his robe. Some of those general grievous pockets, so he could put the lightsaber in that, so it's not just always exposed when he tries to pay for anything. There you go. That's the way to do it. <laughs> well, uh, shall we uh, head head first into uh, part two here? Shall we? Yeah. All right. Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Well, there we are. Uh, <laughs> well, this episode was so far away. Didn't know we had to travel. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? We had, we had the land of the cantina just for this one. Uh, <laughs> oh, speaking of cantina, yo, that shot in the first episode was uh, was sick. Oh, which uh, uh, which that. one? You, oh, the saloon. The saloon. Yeah, the, yeah, the inquisiting I, hunting scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I, cool. I really liked the uh, the set piece in that one. That was cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty great. Um, well, saloons kind of go hand in hand with with scum and villainy, and the planet that Obi Wan ends up going to, which is called Dayu, is uh, another wretched hive of scum and villainy. And uh, uh, reminds keep me, keep pro- popping up, don't they? Yeah, they, all these planets just keep on popping up. I I, I almost thought that uh, a, a well known replacement to that particular planet, Narshada. Yeah, Narshada. it would have been Narshada, and I'm almost surprised. I was thinking that, that the they, whole time. Like, yeah. why didn't they just use Narshada? Because yeah, it's not under Imperial control. It's hut controlled. It's a neutral planet. The Imperials don't really have that much access to the planet. So that's kind of what it makes sense about it. But in, it's still, in the days still, of the Empire, though, like I mean, Tatooine is hot controlled, and the, the Empire still makes their presence there. This is true, but they probably I don't know. Probably felt why like would the Empire? Why would the Empire on Dianu, why would they allow signals of ships coming in and out to be blocked? I don't think they would. Yeah, that's kind of... But yeah, overall, when I saw the plan, I'm like, why didn't they just pick Narshada? That would have been so I know. Yeah. I want to see the Narshada casinos. I want to see the whole <laughs> shebang. Here's, here's my one theory why they didn't go with it, is Narshada is, is got quite a tall cityscape, much like Coruscant. It's basically like an evil version of Coruscant. Um, so maybe they just couldn't do the rooftop parkour stuff uh the rooftop hopping they wanted something different they wanted something different yeah i guess does narshada look 
Like, is it has it been established yet in canon? Have we ever been there? Uh, yeah, in the in the comics, they they've gone there a, a few times. Yeah. Okay, because I know part of this planet. Um. Hmm. You know what? Let me come back to this and think on it. Right. I don't know. I think Marshall could have had a cool storyline too, where, yeah. you know, maybe uh, uh, because I know that there's a lot of. I'm sure this planet also operates similarly, where there's a lot of like gangs. You know what I mean? Like the um, the Black Sun Gang stuff like that. Maybe they get a whiff that there is an important child on the planet that's worth, <laughs> a, lot of, that's worth a lot of money. You know what I mean? And Go now, now Obi Wan has two enemies on his hands that he's trying to escape from. But uh, yeah, so just to get back to the fire, like as I always ramble. Yeah, I think Narshada would have been the perfect opportunity to bring in uh, something that's already canon that people are already very familiar with. Yeah, and if they're if they if it's just because they yep. wanted. People know. want to go there, right? We've never actually been there before. Well, and like, Ord Mantel like, and Narshada. Yeah, Ord Mantel famous. as well, yeah. But like you said, though, Narshada is in hot space, which makes sense that it's only like... Uh, well, actually, you know what? They're going from Alderaan, so maybe they wanted a, a scummy planet nearby in the Alderaan system. But I suppose, that'd be fair. Yeah. But uh, overall, if they if they didn't want to show us Narshada because they wanted a rooftop parkour scene, then... Uh, that that was my guess. Just just assume based on <laughs> oh, yeah. based on the 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 low profile buildings and such. Uh, I just For assumed sure. like well, right. with Narshada they couldn't have done that. They, it would have been just, it would have well, looked like Coruscant as well. It, it was unless funny. there's districts. Yeah, unless unless maybe you see the city in the background and then the, yeah, there's like yeah. a suburb area. Maybe I don't know, but I mm. thought the uh, the overall look of the planet was interesting because it. Although it does keep with Star Wars elements, it more reminded me of Blade Runner and Cyberpunk like twenty seventy seven or something. Yeah, it almost looked like a yeah, like a futuristic kind of Chinatown sort of deal. Right, like it didn't um, it didn't super register Star Wars off the bat. Obviously, there's like the the extraterrestrial creatures, and there's the uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that. <laughs> yeah, and, just lots of market <laughs> vendors and stuff. Like, is what I'm getting. Yeah, at. Lots yeah. Of, lots of signs with the, you know. So yeah, and definitely if, got that market vibe and the uh, lots of people doing going about their business. You know, get, get it, it the, didn't the, feel terribly different than this the lower levels of Coruscant that we saw in, in Attack of the Clones. No, but I felt it. Uh, Personally, that's just personally me. I felt it felt more empty. Yeah, it felt less lively, and I'm actually like I'm skipping through it right now, and it's like I can't really pinpoint it, but it's like they they've used a they use a lot of extras. There's a lot of background actors and shots, but for yeah, some reason, it's very it's, crowded. For some reason, it still feels um, very wide, very open, but it's just the design of the city and stuff like that. It feels it feels less crowded. Feels more like a like theater than anything else, you know what I mean? Right. But overall, I still very much enjoyed the colors. I enjoyed the lighting. Yeah, I, I thought that part was cool. You know, I always like the, yeah. the nightlife look. Um, the nightlife look with all the all the signs and stuff. But it, it makes me wonder though. Maybe maybe that's a planet in which the, it doesn't really get daylight. Maybe maybe that's what they wanted to change up about it. It just stays dark sick. all the time. It's just a nightlife planet kind of thing. And yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe uh, maybe it's 
kind of shrouded behind another planet, which blocks the the light love, or something. So I think that's what I love about Star Wars the most is they can't just have like a planet that has like everything on it. Yeah. Is they have to like they have like to separate every single biome into its own sphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's like, true. But, to differentiate, uh, right? But I, I did really enjoy the uh, the scene and the streets where the girl gives uh, Obi Wan like a full jar of spice. I thought that was funny because like I was yeah. like uh, I was I was really prepared for it to be some kind of a trick or something, but like it totally ended up just being like a nice gesture from this weed vendor. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was also interesting how it was kind of the mirror of when Obi Wan run, runs into the the Death Stick dealer, Attack the Clones, right? Oh yeah. He, yeah. he like uses the Force to try to improve that person's life, and in this case, he just takes the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't try at all to improve her life. That's actually something that I didn't even think about when I was watching it. But you make an excellent point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Old Obi Wan would have totally been like, "You don't want to sell me any death sticks." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what yeah, does some, do? Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. He uh, becomes the guy. She's a trend ocean. That's right. <laughs> There, there, there was a little gadget that made a cameo in this show, which uh, I just want to point out is his little uh, tracker device. Uh, we saw Anakin playing with this thing on the couch at Padme's house in Revenge of the Sith um, as he contemplates his nightmares. And uh, it, it made its uh, second appearance now in this show. And I always wondered what thing thing did. And now I guess we know it's just like a, I guess it's a form of data pad, I would assume, just with you know, a few extra yeah. features on it because it's quite chunky. But uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Just the when he whips I that thing. Out. I can't understate how much I love Star Wars <laughs> and how you you can't any anything in any object that was ever used in any movie will eventually have its use and purpose shown on camera. Yeah, because we don't. <laughs> nothing can be a myth. It has to be. Explain that I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. Everything has to be fully realized, right? That's Recycled. Right. right. For sure. Uh, the five hundred first clone cameo by Tamara Morrison. Uh, Obi Wan has an interesting moment when he encounters a clone slumped against the wall in the city and tosses him some credits, and they have this look of understanding. Uh, and for a second, I thought, man, that clone almost could could recognize Obi Wan. Uh, I wanted that too because he's five hundred first, right? So yeah. he would know who Obi Wan is. And yeah. he, he does. He does stare at Obi Wan for for quite a, a bit of time. Yeah, it makes me wonder that. Like, it's just food for thought, I guess. But uh, I don't think we'll ever see anything come out of it. It was just a nice little cameo. Oh, but yeah. I thought it was just such a interesting moment, you know. And honestly, that they've now established that the clones, once they reach a certain age, and they're and they're replaced by the regular stormtroopers and people who are volunteering, they're just thrown out. Like this guy is, he's homeless on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. They're just cast aside. Yeah. Yeah. Much like, much like the, like the Jedi and the clones. It's it's interesting because they were both pawns in Palpatine's game, right? Like the clones had a purpose just as much as the Jedi did, uh, which the clones purpose was to execute the Jedi. And the Jedi's purpose was to orchestrate the, the war essentially behind Palpatine's, you know, puppety fingers. And uh, yeah. it really kind of takes the fall for for the whole idea that this war is going on because of them. And, uh, you know, both of them have this moment of like, 
we've both lived a very long life kind of thing, you know, as they kind of sit there looking at each other, nodding. And, uh, and then they just, he walks away and, uh, and, that, and that was, that was that. But I, I just thought that was such a, uh, unique moment that Obi-Wan probably hasn't seen a clone like that in 10 years. Yeah, probably, probably not since order 66. Yeah. It makes me wonder why Captain Rex and the other two captains, why they, they did, why they didn't try to go around and find all these clones after they were retired. Well, we know that Rex uh, does end up finding Wolf and uh, Gregor and, you know, he gets his little band together. Yeah. And, there's just uh, the three of them. But if there's, if he was able to go, you know, planet to planet and just try to find all these clones who were just homeless, have no purpose anymore. Yeah. Especially 501st. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, I guess, um, it, well, you know, and Rebels, Rebels uh, also gives us the idea that, that um, some of the clones have, in fact, been given jobs by the Empire to just kind of be patrols, like on a system and, pre- pre- like, report any irregularities, whatever those may be. So they're kind of, some of them are put to use, but yeah, you're normal. That, that's like the luxury of, like, a captain. You know, and and a commander and such, um, but yeah, we're looking at just a normal, like, just uh, what do you call those in the military? Like a standard soldier. Yeah, yeah, or or the bad batch. The bad batch would call them regs. Uh, I like, yeah, I, I like I like standard soldier. SS That's right. Totally, totally fits. Yeah. Private. Private. There the, you go. The rank. Yeah. Private. So, uh, that's uh, uh, that was that was kind of a cool scene, but. Um, the, uh, the Jedi scam. What'd you guys think of this? <laughs> I, I like this a lot. It. I loved it. I, I was not expecting Kumel to be in the show. Cause I don't look at the cast before I watch something. I like to yeah. be surprised. And, uh, when I saw him, I was just like, I was like, Oh, I like, I just saw his face before he opened his mouth. I'm like, I wonder what character he's going to play. And he totally played himself. And I loved it. Right? <laughs> like, it was, like it wasn't like, uh, he, it wasn't Kumail playing a serious role. It was Kumail playing like a standard comedic character. And uh, it's funny It's funny because one of the things that I hated the most out of the uh, uh, post-quel, the, the seven through nine, was the humor. I, I didn't enjoy the humor. Mm. I, thought it was, I thought it was out of place and I thought um, it felt a little bit forced. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if it had to do with just just the fact that it was like the timing was wrong or maybe the actors, cause they're not comedians. It was just kind of fell flat. It's too scripted but, almost. Yeah. yeah. But in, yeah, in this, in that this makes instance, sense. in this instance, it felt natural and it, it like he felt, felt like someone who would be so scummy that he would yeah. try to trick people to pretend he's a Jedi. <laughs> and it, it, it yeah. Felt, I don't know, yeah. It felt appropriate because of the setting too, because he is a scumbag yeah, so exactly. for, yeah. for him to be like the idiot. <laughs> not necessarily an idiot, but like, you know, just the, this, the, I don't know what the word would be, but just like a tongue in cheek scammer, maybe. Yeah. Scammer. It totally fit. It yeah. totally fit. And I loved it. I love the character. Uh, the character arc was absolutely strange and bizarre. I don't understand the 
change of heart, let's say. Yeah, I didn't really get that part either. I don't know if they were always, him and, and the kid, if they're always looking for a Jedi to... Maybe they they were aware that the Jedi were always good and that was Palpatine's lie. Or if, yeah, they had a change of heart, which didn't make any sense at all. That was, yeah. that was my only issue with that arc. But as far as the character... Uh, I I thought I thought that was really good, and I could totally see they're on some trashy planet, you know, like just a, a underworld planet, and there's there's scammers pretending to be Jedi just to rip people off because there's no Jedi around anymore. I thought that was really clever, I and mean, yeah. I feel like that would happen. In yeah. a book of uh, in, a, in 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 a in a Boba Fett comic book, that's actually the uh, uh, it's actually the Jodo <laughs> the Jodo Cast comic book that I always <laughs> talk about. He need, uh, Boba Fett needs to. Uh, make some quick money to pay for the traps that he's setting up for Jodo Cast. And uh, one of the trips is to a planet where he gets like, he goes there because he's been sent to kill a Jedi, basically a sorcerer. And it's just a guy with cheap tricks and cheap explosions. And he kills him like in like two seconds (laughs) as Boba Fett's flying away. He's just like, I, I, he's like, I would only take half the money, but I need it right now. And uh, yeah. And that's kind of what it reminded me of just cheap tricks Definitely, mm. like I'm surprised it's the first time we we've seen it in Star Wars canon of a fake. It's Jedi. true, yeah. And it almost felt like something that ten year old Blake or I assume Josh would do. You have like the remote for like some blinds, and you just like pretend you use a force and just like yeah. click the button so that the blind opens <laughs> or whatever. Ten year old, have you have you not gone to a grocery store? Yeah, I like still wave my hand. No comment. <laughs> yeah, you use the you do like the the force motion. motion. Yeah, yeah. The Same electric, as Obi Wan electric Camino. door. Yeah, yeah. The sign of a true fan right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I love I love the Jedi scam uh, ordeal. That was that was quite you know entertaining to watch. Um, yeah, I also loved the Obi Wan's hand to hand combat is quite impressive without the use of the Force. Still, yeah, he doesn't use the Force for any of his fighting before he has to help Leia. Yeah, it's that Jedi heightened reflex. That's why. That's why Anakin was able to pod race. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he's just full on Jason like, Bourne in that in the hallway sequence. I was like, dang, yeah. a lot of flipping I, around I, and stuff. Yeah, it was great. I think that was all muscle memory and. Yeah, like it's the Jason Bourne ask, as opposed to it being force related at all. Because when he used tries to use the force to save Leia from falling, he really struggles. Like, like he hasn't used it in so long that the river through him that was the force has become just this tiny trickle, and he has to un like unplug it. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely tell. I mean, like ten years on Tatooine, and you haven't gotten to a scrap. You're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh so and we've never seen that side of him before we've always seen him act with the force or with a lightsaber so uh it mm-hmm. was this new kind of different obi-wan that's just a little more hands-on and pulling out blasters on people and stuff and i was like i'm liking this this is this is a new side of the character that uh what the last 10 years has has done to him this is what's brought brought out that side and dirty tricks too right like those those guys the kidnappers when he confronts them and leia's not there he they they grab him because he's not the force he can't fight back very well but then he he drops the spice and puts it puts his mask on so he doesn't get affected but he just like drugs them (laughs) yeah yeah i love it 
it's uh it, it really all goes back to that that little little line that he's got when he kills grievous is it? so uncivilized and <laughs> you know it's just like this is what 10 years does in the desert to you you know you just become <laughs> what you kind of look down on i guess right. uh, no no you no have to yeah you have to yeah. Just survive yeah exactly yeah Oh, we skipped it. There's something I wanted to point out back with the phony Jedi. I, the line when he's helping the the family to get off the planet, I thought was so funny because the lady, the mother, she's like, oh, you're so strong in the force. He's like, yeah, no. <laughs> and I, I felt like we yeah, need I to know. clip that and put it on the show. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We, you definitely. I'll, I'll try and do that so we can uh, reference it for a later episode for sure. But it's so good. It's such it is, a good line. It is good. It's good. Uh, Reva's betrayal on the uh, on the Inquisitors when they show up uh, because she's so after Kenobi's blood. Uh, she sets loose all the bounty hunters in the city, including Forlom. And uh, I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but there was like this crazy looking lizard dude. And all, all I could think about was was the fact that if if Bryce were here, he'd be he'd be maybe flipping out over the lizard guy because uh, he, he was he was pretty cool. Was a, the guy looks like a T Rex kind of. Yeah, he's just like a dinosaur. Like a velociraptor. Yeah. He looked like a velociraptor. Yeah, well, yeah. He looks like a T Rex more than anything. He, small T Rex. It almost reminded me of like an alligator. But in the in the body of like maybe a dinosaur, <laughs> it, was, it was it was so goofy, but it worked so well. Yeah, it, yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. So I don't know. Was just, that an EU race that they added, or was that something new? I believe it's been seen before. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like it's a species that I recognized, but but couldn't put a name to it. Uh, but again, if, if Bryce were here, maybe he might be able to share. He would that, know. What he would, he would know, know right away. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just, I just, uh, I just thought it was a cool looking design for for it, a character. It reminded me of like, like a like the bad guy of the week in a Ninja Turtles episode or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, from like the live action movie where they just have this like really rough kind of alligator costume. Right. Yeah, but I think or, that, that was oh one of the parts. Power Rangers. Oh yeah. Definitely Power Rangers villain. And it's, it's one of the parts that I, I enjoy about, about this so far is there, there's a lot of moments, including that character, that, that really feel they feel dumb, but in a good way. Like, they don't really care about uh, making it look perfect. Like, he looks dumb. He looks so dumb. But well, I mean, so a lot of the, the original aliens in the cantina, if you look at them oh, just yeah. as a costume, and they, they, pro- they actually talked about this on one of the panels at Star Wars Celebration, where they had a lot of the, the, the original people there, right? Including, it was the, the, I think it was the Disney panel when they were talking about uh, the the original Star Tours. Because yeah. the guy who, who set up Star Tours, he got to see what George Lucas was working on before the original Star Wars came out. And he walked in to the to the set when they were doing the cantina and he was looking around and he said you see all these this most ridiculous looking costumes he'd, he'd ever seen everything just looked really cheap and dopey i guess yeah yeah like but especially it, 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 like, he called out specifically like the greedo costume because you have this weird <laughs> like bug snout creature and they like <laughs> lo and behold these super low budget costumes recycled from other movies and stuff become one of the, the greatest films of all time. Yeah. 
it's uh, it's like like exactly that. And it's like I don't know. It, it fits. It's like they, it's, they didn't try to make anything too perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it really it really works. That's one of the things I like about Star Wars is that if a lot of times both you know, creatures as well as the tech, a lot of times it just seems so junky, like droids too. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of bounty hunters on that plaza, huh? There's like yeah. 15. It's like, it's like half the people on this planet are bounty hunters. <laughs> yeah. no, no different than our Shaddai, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? um, I was wondering about that, though, because now Obi-Wan, he's been flagged. So all these bounty hunters know that he's alive. So even after they, they call off the bounty or whatever, I'm sure they would they would have in their mind or whatever, oh, this they would recognize him on Tatooine, right? Because there's a lot of bounty hunters that go through Tatooine. Yeah. That's true. Maybe we'll see in the next few episodes, I suppose. Maybe that's why he needs to move out the middle of nowhere into his hut. Right. He's not going to be cutting salmon meat anymore for a living. (laughs) Nope. The um, the uh, the whole uh, the whole chase scene again. I feel like that's I feel like that's my only two my only complaints about this the the two episodes so far. Just the chase scenes feel. Yeah. <clears throat> just a bit uh, slow. It's not, it's not even just slow. It's just, they don't really make sense. In like, it's like I know it's a movie. I know it's fiction. But like, come on, man! You can't catch a ten-year-old girl. Can't even lift her knees when she's running. You know what I mean? Like, come right. on. this this kid's going like one mile an hour at full speed. Tell me, you can't walk faster than that. That actually brings us into into the next thing, which is Leia's doubts in Obi Wan Kenobi as a Jedi. Um, I thought that was all yeah. very interesting, uh, to say the yeah. least. Yeah. And he had the convenient excuse that he didn't want to use the Force because it would give him away. <laughs> yeah. And then it's we like, find out later he was actually struggling to use the Force. Well, I think right. what had happened is he literally just cut himself off, much like what we've seen with with Luke later later in his life is right. he just kind of stops tapping into it. Uh, but it, it's a bit curious because I guess, you know, he, he, he tried talking to Qui-Gon in the first episode. So I don't know if he was trying to use the force to do that or if he was just kind of speaking to the mm. walls of the cave, hoping that he would show up. But, uh, you know, there was there was definitely a sense that he hadn't used his, his abilities for quite a long time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, before we move on from the chase, though, sure. did you guys notice the first person shot when she like jumps I, down? I, I was gonna. I was actually gonna com- complain about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hate like, it so much. That's not just in this circumstance. I just hate first person shots all the time. They did not it in that, the Hobbit. It, it takes me out every time. It takes me out of the show. The I'll first person to. shot of the her who the Riva falling she, off the the building. Yeah, yeah, you see her smart. hands grab the pole. Yeah. I'll have to watch the specific shot again. But usually, I, I don't want to put like, a, uh, like an absolute, but like if you're making a first-person shot, generally speaking, you want the shot that comes before it to be a full front shot of the character that's going to be seeing, right? But I don't get that. It's like it just feels jarring. And you're just seeing her jump. And then it's a, it's a quick cut, too. That lasts like yeah, it is. It's fast. Second. And, mm. and then 
she's like parkouring on the buildings and it seems like the most inefficient way to like chase after what she's going for and it's, it's another it's another one of those things where um I, I hope they they go in a different direction going forward it's just like they keep making these like um it's another chase scene that doesn't do anything so i'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about <clears throat> obi-wan chasing after the girl and getting in a shootout it's more about uh the, the third sister, Riva, uh, chasing after Obi-Wan. She's chasing. She's doing backflips. She doesn't even get to him. You don't even get that shot of, like, her like her catching Obi-Wan. Um, uh, like it pays off. You never get the yeah, payoff. She, yeah, her, her chase doesn't pay off. It's because it doesn't work on Obi-Wan. Like, for example, Anakin tried to backflip over him. Didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> he warned. He warned them too. That's right. But uh, <laughs> but it's it's just one of those things. It's like it it was it, it took a lot of screen time and a lot of focus, and it looked weird because she's jumping with the force, I guess, and she's very floaty. And at one point, she does a front flip, and in midair, without like anything, she does a back flip. So she's like front flip, back flip. <laughs> I saw that she did a back flip to go forward. It was like, yeah, yeah I was and like, was, what? And it, and it was so weird. And there's the first, it's the, there's the first person pipe shot that I, I, I found really disgusting as a, as a, as a, like someone who really loves like nice compositions and like camera shots. And, uh, and overall there, there was just, there was no payoff. She didn't catch Obi-Wan slipping. Uh, nothing, nothing really came out of it. It just kind of looked a little bit stupid. I think would have been, would have been, would be really friggin' cool is if she would have just fallen off the building. Like, just trips? Oh uh, no no. So I, what, what I meant was like instead of like, instead of <laughs> You know what would have been cool is if she just fell off the building, just died. Yo, boom. And we're yeah. done. Roll credits. I meant like I meant like I don't know, like kinda like uh like monster movie style where she would just like Let's say before, instead of instead of going building to building, she just steps off the ledge and just goes straight down. Oh yeah, the yeah, like superhero landing style. Yeah, not no 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 superhero landing. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's you're like pencil dive. What are you talking about here, Phil? I'm yeah. talking about just like a straight lands on her friggin' legs, like like <laughs> gymnastic style without the whole glitter, and then just starts like starts like Terminator walking towards like obi-wan or something i feel like that would have been more <laughs> imposing than her doing like there must have been like 16 flips in like a minute while her when when she was parkouring and like yeah i know i've like beaten this to death but it served no purpose there was there was no payoff so i don't know that i get like there's there's only those couple of moments because like, overall i really enjoyed the two episodes but those yeah. couple of moments like it's so, not a, they don't ruin it. They just take me out of the story for that short short moment, and I, I, it's like, oh man, I was like, I was really into the universe, and then like, I'm out of it, and then I start looking around the, the sets. I'm like, oh, this kind of looks like Blade Runner, and then it's like, it, it kind of like yeah. those moments just take me so, out of it, and then it's yeah, just, yeah, it's, it's rabbit hole. Yeah. I wonder if it's a TV thing. We just don't have as much time to I think to so. edit it stuff I, I think so this is not refined enough right like they're operating on a I mean, small set with limited amounts of uh 
you know, physical because they, 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 they try to do a lot of this in camera now with all the yeah. gymnastics, right? Which probably doesn't help the um, yeah, appeal. For sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to give them the benefit. I'm just going to say <laughs> that it was it's the only is is because, like I said, overall, fantastic, poorly executed scene. That's the only, that's my only complaint. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then there's, uh, Kumail when he, he's, well, he, you know, he, he risks his life to like save Obi-Wan. Basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was so strange. Like, so it, why it, would he do that? It, it's not even a matter of him helping him. Like, just like being like, I won't chase you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like at, at first I was like, Oh, he's giving up the bounty on Obi-Wan to help him. That's pretty, I guess, semi noble. He's not really, or was it he's a not, trap? That's what I thought it was. Yeah, I also thought it was like okay, it's a potential trap, and I was like, okay, well, either way, it works because it's like his non-action is helping him. So you like he's not necessarily being a good guy because he's not doing anything. He's just like kind of letting him slip, and otherwise it would be a trap. But then he he straight up like uh uh like you know th- like his his life is threatened and he's still holding on he has to get like force interrogated because yeah and, and that's something i wanted to talk about there was he Ariva uses the the mind extraction things that kylo ren uses yeah yeah which is a an ability that almost seems beyond her capability capability i mean she's i thought that too because we never see vader use that and so i always wonder then if because i always thought when force awakens came out and kylo used it that was something that vader couldn't do that he could but if reva's using it and i started thinking about this more and it made me think maybe in the scene where han solo is being interrogated han solo after he gets released says they never even asked me any questions so it might be implied that Vader actually used it there. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Maybe. I always thought that him being tortured in there was literally just to lure Sake Luke. of being tortured, but yeah. Yeah, literally yes. just to lure Luke to Bespin because they weren't after Han Solo. They were just after Luke, right? Like, that's what Vader wanted. And that's why Han was just given to Boba because he's like, oh, well, I don't care about this guy again. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, I think, why they caused so much pain because Vader knew that it would trigger Luke to come to the city right it was a trap yeah and after all the years of hunting jedi i think uh, vader's gotten quite good at knowing how to pull someone out of, of out of hiding uh it's true but that, so, uh, that does answer my question though so then do you think that vader could do that because we never actually see him do it I, th- I think he could i think he can do that i, d- I don't think we've seen I, him do it I, but I would, I would assume he can do it that's what i would hope too because i feel like power levels Vader is probably quite a bit above Reva because she's she's only one of the average Inquisitors. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, she's looked down have... on by the other Inquisitors too. Yeah, she, yeah. They specifically call her out as the lowest one of them, but yeah. yeah. That was before she stabbed the Grand Inquisitor in the gut. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. The, um, the other thing that was jarring in and again this is this is part of the chase scene uh, <laughs> back to the chase it, it, scene it, again it's, 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 at the, it's at the end it's at the yeah. end so do you guys notice that like okay so she falls down he uses the force yeah and then like the next shot he just comes out of the the hall the, the alleyway like he was he was in combat yeah with the uh, with the droid 
uh, still. Or the yeah, because he killed the gator. I think he might have killed the gator. Or yeah, he shot the gator in the in the tummy. And yeah, he fell off the roof after he got shot. Yeah, yeah, and then there was like there was a, he was getting shot at by the other. I think it was the droid. And then so he's like, oh, he's force he's uh, he's force carrying Leia to make sure she lands safely. You get a reaction shot of the people. And then the next shot, he's just like running in the hallway. He's like, oh, Leia, you all right? And I'm just like, yo, what happened to that guy that was like shooting at him? Oh, well, that's the same bounty hunter, I think, that that the uh, fake Jedi saves him from like later. Right. It's it's for for loom, I believe, or for L.O.M. Uh, yeah, oh, do you think it's, it's got to be a different version then, right? Because I you know there was the the four loom cameo. Yeah, that, not, that's that's him. I believe. I believe that's him. He's just. I mean, he's a droid bounty hunter. He could be rebuilt, uh, or, or self repair or whatever. But yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that's. Um, um, I think I think they just kind of like made it so that he eventually finds him in the alley, and then the fake Jedi like saves him from him because you know he yeah, shoots yeah, that think, thing in the back. And I think yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. But, that whole, that whole, that whole, that whole like, uh, that, that coupling of shots just was, like, it was so, like, quick. Yeah. Like, for, the next thing is he's on the top of the roof, the next shot, he's like, oh, I'm here. I'm ready to help you. Right. It was interesting. Um, I, I still love the, uh, I still love the moment. This, this episode is so good. Yeah, he is, he is great. I, uh, I like the scene where Obi-Wan um, shares a memory of Padme with, uh, with Leia when they're finally kind of about to make their exit. Uh, is like she kind of gets all uh, um, stubborn at him and, and it, he just has a moment of recollection of uh, being reminded about Padme and how she was basically the exact same. And, you know, we've seen Padme throughout Clone Wars and the prequels and stuff and the attitude it lines up perfectly. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. What, what were you guys' thoughts when you saw that? I, I uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was it was good scene. It was like it was a good reminiscing. It's it's nice that they mention Padme in the show. Like at least they like talk a little bit about the character. So yeah. it's not like just like for, it's not like 100%. completely forgotten. No, yeah. it's so true because we always hear about how she's a Skywalker, right? And I yeah. feel like that really comes across in the previous episode where they're on Alderaan and she's just constantly just trying to run away into the forest and like go on an adventure. Right. But yeah. you don't really. I feel like. Padme is often forgotten in the the original trilogy era. Yeah, she she no. she is, but it, it's apparent though that that her legacy lives on in Leia almost one for one. Uh, yeah, so yeah. true. Yeah, and I feel like we forget that, and so yeah, for this sure, was a nice nod. It was like a nice, nice reminder. It was for sure. Uh, there was a little quote where. Um, when when Obi Wan makes his narrow escape, um, and uh, Reva says Lord Vader will be pleased. I know he mentioned it earlier, but Obi Wan almost has this moment of PTSD, knowing that Anakin is alive, and she right. feels that through the Force. And uh, and it's also that Reva knows who Vader is when she says, "That's right, like Anakin is something or another looking for you or whatever." Uh, That's but, so strange. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was all the whole thing. I mean, like the PTSD thing for one was like uh, absolutely awesome to see Obi Wan's reaction yep. to that. But then yeah. the fact that Reva knows that Anakin is Vader, I feel like she's either because the Inquisitors don't necessarily know who Vader is. Like they shouldn't know. 
And based on the Dark Lord he of the Sith the comic the books, leader like, of them though, he is the leader of the Inquisitors. He is, but he, he like nobody knows who, who he like. None of them know, right? It, it's just it's just a thing that he keeps to himself between him and the Emperor, and uh, very few figure it out. And if they do figure it yeah. out, they better keep their lips shut, kind of thing. Um, but right. I feel like where we're going with Riva is she's probably this Boy Scout Inquisitor who's at the bottom of the food chain. She wants to gain rep, so she wants to take on the number one kill or the number one name on the hit list which is vader's wish list kind of thing and uh she knows that she can climb those ranks uh and uh supersede the grand inquisitor even if she does that and so you know she stabs grand inquisitor in the gut we'll get to that in a second and uh you know kind of goes after obi-wan the way she does um knowing that uh he was once Anakin's master and it's a curious thing to know because it's not something that she should know but I feel like with her determination to figure out a way to climb the ranks of the Inquisitorious she would have done enough research and being good at what she does I guess would have figured that out right that Obi-Wan and Anakin were master and apprentice Anakin became Vader um, I feel like right. there's ways that she could have figured that out for herself if she was curious and sticking her nose in places where it shouldn't be so because yeah. you would think that vader is trying so hard to find obi-wan yeah call it absolutely so, absolutely yeah, yeah. I, th I feel like when we meet vader in this show there will be an obvious determination to get obi-wan kenobi and uh, I, and i feel like oh Riva, i just thought of something I go for it. it so hear me out i'm hearing there's a confrontation between Vader and Obi-Wan. And we were upset that it would ruin the line that in A New Hope where Vader says, I've said something, something I've not felt or said since, and the controls off. What if during this duel, Obi-Wan manages to fake his death? So Vader thinks he's dead, and that's why he is confused by that sense later. And also allows... Oh, we want to go back into hiding. Yeah, you're saying that you, you're you're saying that this might end with an Obi Wan fake death. That's what yeah. he gets away with it. Exactly. That would I make so. that would make a lot of sense actually. In some, like in in the ter in the terms of the whole, you know, the canon, like the whole yeah, fitting the narrative line. together. Yeah, that yeah, would make a lot like, of sense. Yeah, yeah, that would because because it's only then that Vader up goes to Tarkin and says that Obi Wan Kenobi is alive and that he's felt his presence. So, yeah, that would make a lot of sense if he does end up. Yeah, and, and Darkus says, no, my friend, you were all that's le left of their religion. Yeah, and then he says, well, I, I, he is here, you know, and, and, and yeah. so, yeah, like he's almost as if he is like, I mean, obviously he's like didn't expect that to happen. But, yeah, it, it always felt like, oh, he maybe he thought Obi-Wan was dead or something. Right. We, we do get a small uh, inconsistency with what we know from Star Wars Rebels when the Grand Inquisitor is gutted by Riva, um, This, obviously, like, I feel like there's definitely something that, that will point us in the direction of the Grand Inquisitor will return. He's going to be... And I, I looked it up, and there is a costume change specifically around the stomach between now and Rebels. Yeah, there is. So, so maybe he gets the same kind of mechanical implants that uh, Fennec Shand got. Uh, mm -hmm. But it, it, to me, I don't know about you guys, but to me... Like Maul was the first kind of like 
mechanical cut in half resurrection person. Then we Vader. got, well, then of course there is Vader as well, which is almost unbelievable <laughs> to see what he went through. But then you got Fennec Shand who gets a blaster bolt to the gut and same thing. And it's like, do people not die like right away or, 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 you know, is there like a time Depends frame? On the moon. Um, do you not know that if you're powerful enough in the dark force, you can even resurrect the dead. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, it, it was funny that though. Have you, have you, yeah, have you, have you heard? died so fast? Yeah. Like, yeah. Have you guys not heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> I've heard it a, no, it a number of times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do find that funny because, like, to me, like, because I, I haven't watched Rebels. So you're saying that in canon, he's still alive after this? Yeah four, yeah. four or five years before the events of episode four, the Grand Inquisitor is still running the show. And uh, he's uh, the primary villain of season one. Interesting. Yeah. I also find it funny that, like, I understand that, like, she uh, she wanted Obi-Wan to herself that bad. But, like, she could have just, like, kind of let him do it and then just killed him afterwards. Right. <laughs> I, 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 loved, I loved that dumb decision. I was just like, it's pretty dumb. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 it was just a little, uh, uh, it's to me, the whole gutting of the Grand Inquisitor just felt a little like unnecessary. Um, I, I, I know they needed a distraction for, you know, Obi-Wan getting away, but like, it's almost and, like, uh, I, I thought Kumail was going to come back and like shoot a blaster. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I will say it's almost a little rule of two where eventually the apprentice kills the master so there, there's at least that line of thinking as far as you know right. following the ways of the sith all i can think yeah. about all i can think about is this has got to reflect really badly on her because if the grand inquisitor does in fact i mean there's no way they could break the continuity from star wars rebels like that's a full Not we're talking big. like a full season of like this character is alive so it's like he's definitely going to come back it's just yeah it's just like when it's his twin brother. <laughs> it's just when he does. Are we going to see? Uh, are we going to see the Inquisitorious now coming after Riva, or are we going to see? And we're going to see Riva like go off on her own rogue and like be her own villain kind of thing, and like no oh, longer could be an Inquisitor. That. Like will She's we on the see, run. Yeah, like will we see that, or are we going to? Oh see, man, uh, they're going to have the arc of her and Obi Wan have to work together. That's what always happens. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know. It, to me, it just felt like like they're they're going soft on her this whole time. Like a few times, they've had to stop her from killing someone, or you know, slam her in an alley and chat to her about something or whatever. And it's yeah. like she's like the little sister that they keep on having to like keep out of trouble. But it, it's like it's to me, it's almost like well, if she's so much trouble now, she's almost killed somebody, one of your own. Like why haven't they just like gotten rid of her already? <laughs> Especially if they don't rely on her to bring in the bait, because so far we've just seen her kind of being cast aside when it comes to the rest of them operating as a group. They're like, we don't care about her. I mean, why haven't they just kind of killed her or gotten rid of her at this point? I'm really curious to see what comes out of this. Yeah, it is. It is something I was also thinking about early on, actually in the first in the first episode where I was just like, like this character seems like a lot of trouble for the. <laughs> For the notoriously, like, strict empire. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, not 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 just strict, but they're like they're like what's the word? They're very bigoted. We'll call them. Yeah. 
that like they don't they don't really divert to like picking up different people with different ideologies and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's just they kind of stick to their own. I, I'm surprised that they put that much effort into keeping uh, such a such a, a person among their ranks. Right. Especially uh, when Vader is supposed to be the leader of the Inquisitors, and he clearly has no patience for any amount of failure or disobedience. Yeah, like yeah. she hasn't been, she hasn't been choked or anything. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit weird, but that's uh, why I think you, Josh, you and I had said she's going to get second sistered. Second sister. Yeah. Sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Fallen Order. Uh, Phil, have you have you played through that game? Oh man, I'm so sorry to say, but I hated that game. Oh, that's what? right, right. Yeah, I do remember you saying yeah. that. It yeah. has nothing to do with it has nothing to do with the story or anything like that. I just I can't get. Uh, I don't like realistic, uh, realistic controls in my game. If I, I want my character to have a five second startup when I'm trying to run with it. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, well, well, the Inquisitor in that game gets gets killed off by Vader for disobedience or failure um, uh, as well. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll see that happen to Riva. I guess. Uh, I mean, we don't we know she's no longer around by the time Rebels rolls around. So uh, perhaps maybe that that's her fate. Um, there's a lot, one last scene in this episode which was quite intriguing, which is obviously Vader waking up in his back to tank. Uh, in a parallel shot with Obi-Wan realizing that he is in fact alive. And, um, you know, we're probably going to see him more so in the next episode now that they've kind of built up to that fact. Yeah. Uh, But it's just so, uh, uh, so cool to see him back. And um, I I was just wondering what you guys' thoughts were on, on, you know, seeing the scarred up kind of back to tank Vader that we got. I was thinking, man, Hayden looks a little uh, worse for wear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's the same kind of thing for me when I, when I saw him. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Whereas he's not going to look like Hayden Christensen. He's going to look like an absolute monstrosity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking, I'm actually really looking forward to see what they do with him because I'm like, he's got the mask, he's got the helmet, but I'm like, they went through the whole trouble of really like marketing Hayden as being mm-hmm. back in the show. Yeah. So like, he's going to be taking off his helmet quite a bit. I, I feel, imagine. Yeah. I, I would he hope. Might, he might, I would hope. Uh, yeah. Flashback sequences, maybe. Well, that's what I was saying. So I didn't awesome. mean, like, maybe like, a lot of flashbacks. Or maybe he's going to just have like a respirator, like, like on his, on his face or on his, uh, yeah. On his mouth and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm not really not sure what they're going to do with him, but I, I can't imagine they would market him that much for a couple of extra scenes of Flash. Star Wars has done it before. Look at Phasma. Oh my God! Yes, this is this is this is accurate. well with with uh, with helmet acting. I mean, it can be quite challenging and uh, uh, to show emotion through a helmet. Um, maybe they wanted Hayden to be able to be the one to portray that emotion behind the mask. Uh, you know, whether we see his face much or not, I mean, you know, it does take a certain personality to bring the character of Vader out of that costume. So, would you want to see again the same thing that we got with Vader in the Ahsoka duel where yeah, his would, helmet yeah. gets broken and his face is partially showing through it? I would be down for that. I would be down for that for it's sure. Like, it feels a little convenient that it would happen twice, but I, I right. think, uh, I think something. Problem. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past the show to say that we might actually see that. You know, his, his helmet gets busted up. He's just got the respirator on, but 
but he's still able to operate. Uh, like tears like, the top half off, maybe. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I, I mean, how, how um, how tall was David Prowse compared to like Aiden Christensen? He was like six eight or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Like six yeah. seven. Hayden's like what, like six two? Uh, yeah, around there. It's like six inch. Just over, just over six feet, um, I believe. Oh, okay, I thought it was like six two. He wears really tall lifts on his boots. He is. He is six feet and one eighth of an inch. So it's like uh, he's gonna be wearing those like platformers from like the seventies or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah he does. That is one hundred percent. What he he wore that in *Revenge of the Sith* as well. Yeah, but like he's like one shot. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Um, Getting faked. Do you guys have any last-minute things to bring up before we wrap up the episode here? No, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to more. As much as like there's the, the <laughs> much as I like, I totally rambled on how much I hated those chase scenes. Uh, yeah, say so you're looking forward to the next chase scene. The next chase scene. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next episode. And um, I know this is a mini series. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the expected six total. But is this six total? Like no yep. second season? Nope. So, so there's, there's two again next week, right? Uh, I think it's one one per week now until the rest of, okay. until the, rest of the show. I thought there's one more week of two. So I we think, got I four think they weeks only, I think I said that June 29th was the yeah. final day. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just all the way through June now, uh, every uh, every Wednesday, I guess, <laughs> or Friday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, think they, I think they only released two episodes because honestly, the first one, as great as it, as it as it was for for developing characters, nothing really happened. So yeah. they probably decided to you know have a second episode where something actually happens in terms right. of like action and tension. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it and uh, more chase scenes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here, I got a chase scene for you, and I think it'll fix all these issues for you, Phil. It's a chase scene. With Vader, but it's done like an old zombie movie where they keep trying to get away and they look back and he's just always still there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I think that'd be awesome because, like, it's just like he's unstoppable, right? You can't Absolutely. get away from him no matter how hard you try. I love those old zombie, love those old like zombie movies. Yeah, and it's because just cut. Yeah, he wa- he walks between the cuts. That's just really what it That's is. That's exactly it. He's like, it doesn't make any sense. He's moving so slow. He's so calm, but he's just, he's, he, he never gets farther away. When the camera cuts, he's like sprinting full pen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming back on the show. And uh, hopefully we catch you both in the next review for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Later. All right. And uh, thank you all for tuning into the show. Uh, you know, always great to have you listen in on the latest episode of Star Wars Escape Pod. Make sure you keep tuning in for those Obi-Wan Kenobi reviews and discussions. We're going to have more voices join us in the future uh, on these uh, uh, insane topics. So we'll see you in the next episode and may the force be with you.